show me the way to go home. Luke's favorite phrase, the way. And Luke's favorite idea, we all got to get home to God. Now, in Luke's opening of his great story, like Zechariah, it is time to man up. So Zechariah did not man up in the beginning. Now it's time for Zechariah to man up, like Mary has already manned up. So come on in. Let's check it out together. Luke chapter 1, verse 57 to the end of chapter 1. Welcome to the Biblical Channel. We're always glad somebody showed up because, hey man, read your Bible, say your prayers, get together, talk God. That's the whole idea of ringing this chamois of life out to the best that we can. And we all need a little help with the Bible. And once we get a little help with the Bible, our eyes get wide open and man, we get filled with the Holy Spirit and it's not weird. It just means we can see the world for what it is and, and we can see the way home like Luke is is at pains to help us just tell a great story to get us all home. And and we all need story. Hey, listen, ESPN, right? They are running a great ad and they they have insight to something we should all know. ESPN of all people, you know, is saying that they have the greatest story ever played when it comes to college football. And then they go through this beautiful video. And the beautiful video is is all about great stories and how great stories have drama and they have, you know, action and they have love, love that makes you do crazy things. And, and, and it gives you people to root for and, and, and it has power in it, you know, that, uh, well, and it also has miracles every once in a while. Great stories have an opening that suck you in, a middle that keeps you going and a mind blowing, nail biting ending that leaves you smiling. Well, if ESPN thinks that way about a college football game, then how much more does God know about that when he puts together his story, the greatest story ever told, and the story that's meant for all of us, every single one of us. But in order to handle this story, we got to be strong. Me being, we got to look at ourselves, and we got to get some, uh, well, we got to get the right ideas going in our lives. Anyhow, the Bible plays out the best story ever told. It is magical without magic. Um, it's powerful because it's for everybody, and it invites us in to root for God. Um, yeah, it has some miracles, but hey, man, it's God after all. Don't you expect God putting together a story might have a miracle or two, and he doesn't overuse them. He doesn't overuse them. It's all about the story, baby, and and enhancing the story. So anyhow, no surprise here with a few miracles uh, on the scene. So last week, you know, we saw you know, the, the Hail Mary, and we ought to Hail Mary. You know, uh, she is a great gal that God has given to us as a gift. Anyhow, uh, Zechariah this week, before he didn't man up, but now I think, no doubt, stirred up by this peasant niece of his, I think he is challenged by her. And when he is challenged by her, he, he mans up. He gets serious. He He's being strong. Um, and, and let's just say that, uh, that Zechariah caught the Hail Mary. He caught it. And, and now it's time for him to speak. God's going to let him out of the doghouse. Anyhow, let's pray just the way Mary prays. 
because that little girl, that little peasant girl that God used is, is important for us. And, and, if, and if Mary prays this way, we do right to pray this way as well. Here's how Mary prays. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. He's looked upon the humble estate of his servant. He it, who is mighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Mercy is for those who fear him. Generation to generation, he has shown his strength with his arm. He scatters the proud with the thoughts of their heart, and he, and, he, and he brought down the mighty from their thrones. He exalts those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty-handed. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. That's what Mary says. That's what I say, too. I'm with Mary. Praise God. Anywho, let's keep moving forward here, and, and let's just dive right into our text. It starts at Luke chapter 1, verse 57. So let's just read it. We'll read the first half here, um, the storyline, the setting, and it goes like this. Now, the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him Zechariah after his father, but his mother answered. So Elizabeth says, no, you shall call his name John. So that's what the angel said, man. Anyhow, uh, and they said to her, oh, none of your relatives are named, you know, John. And, and they made signs to his father, you know, inquiring what he wanted them to do. And he asked for a writing tablet, and he wrote, his name is John. Well, he didn't say that because he couldn't speak yet. And, uh, well, hey, they called him John. Uh, and they wandered, and immediately his mouth was opened, and his tongue loosed, and he spoke blessing God. And fear came upon all of their neighbors, and, and all these things were talked about throughout the, the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid up in their hearts, saying, what then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with them. Okay, end scene for just a second. Let's just catch up with the uh, with what's going on here. In the, in the opening scene here, we see that Zechariah um, what, what Zechariah was praying about to, in the very beginning, the opening section of Luke, the very opening section, we find Zechariah going into that temple and he's praying. Um, and, and what Zechariah is praying about is that Israel would be redeemed. It, basically, they're saying, dear God, when are you going to turn up? Isn't that the cry of every human being that you've ever met? Don't they just long for and wish that God would just turn up? Well, Israel at this point in time was getting beat up by just about every, you know, new nation that comes onto the scene. And they are just wondering, they're like, dude, God, dear God, when are you going to turn up? And then, and then Zechariah, like everybody else, well, doesn't believe it whenever God does turn up. And it's a scene of hilarity. And, and uh, we already saw that the, the angel that showed up to Zechariah to tell him what was going on, that prayers have been heard, that, you know, Israel's going to be redeemed. Um, 
and says, you're going to have a baby, you know, and you're old. You're, you know, I know you can't have a baby, but you're going to have a baby because God says you're going to have a baby. You just go home and have sex with your wife. You're going to have a baby. And, uh, and you know what, Zechariah, for asking such a dumb question as to how this is going to happen, because you, you know how that, you know how babies work. Um, I'm going to shut your mouth. So, so uh, Zechariah is in the doghouse of God um, uh, with his mouth closed. He can't, he can't speak. I'm sure he can eat, but he can't speak. He can't say a word. Um, so he's you know trying to learn hand you know language for the first time, I suppose, and writing stuff down. Uh, pen and paper aren't aren't easy to come by. Anyhow, Zechariah, like everybody else, just doesn't believe it when it does happen. We all pray for God to turn up, and and Israel in particular was really praying for God to turn up. But when he turns up, nobody believes it. <laughs> Oh, this is funny, and I love God. He got a great sense of humor, better sense of humor than we got. We're too serious. Anyhow, Mary and Elizabeth, different story. They believe. They're in. They're, they, are, they are in like Flynn. You know, I mean, they are all in. They push all their chips in the table, and they're like, what's going on? What, what, what next? Let, let, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Um, and And it's really quite... Uh, it cannot be said enough how 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 much hillbilly people, backwoods people, peasant people feature in God's story. God picks the lowliest of people, the, those of humble estate, like Mary said, to do his his work with. He does not um, go stir up the pot with uh, the Jeff Bezos and the you know the Elon Musks of the world. He has no need for that. They they need to come to God's story through the peasant girl Mary and the peasant girl, Elizabeth, and the peasant guy, Zechariah, too. But the story is really fun because it's just bathed in real people, right? So so we see that the people come around, and they're like, you know, they see Elizabeth's pregnant, and they rally around her, and they're like, man, this is a miracle. This, this is unbelievable that a lady your age would be having a baby. And so they're real people, and they do love her. And, that, you know, that her neighbors, you know, and her relatives had heard the great mercy that the Lord had shown to her. And they rejoiced with her. So they're all in with her. They're like, yeah, Elizabeth, we're with you. We're with you. We're sorry we said all that stuff about you being barren. Or we, we're sorry about those stink eyes. We're all behind you now. So, you know, it's just kind of a typical community scene. Um, and also a typical community scene is, is that when it comes time to give birth, they have the baby, they take it down to the baby, you know, to the temple to be circumcised on the eighth day. And uh, Elizabeth, they say, oh, you're going to name him uh, Zechariah, right? And, and Elizabeth says, no, we're naming him John. And, and we know that. Why? Because that's what the angel said. You will call his name John. Elizabeth, she, she doesn't miss a beat. She's like, call his name John. We are calling him John. Now the crowd around, the crowd around are like, oh, no. No, no, tradition, tradition. We know that you really want to call him Zechariah, right? You know, and so they skip Elizabeth and they turn to Zechariah and they're like, come on, you want to call this boy Zechariah, don't you? Um, and 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 Zechariah's like, Yeah, he can't say nothing. So he gets something to write with. He's like, call his name John. Funny scene. Just a funny scene. Imagine it, you know. But just typical people being real people, right? I mean, they're loving and, and they're very supportive, but yet they're meddling and they're big pains in the butt too. But anyhow, Zechariah writes the scene, he, you know, by writing, call his name John. And, and that just lets him out of the doghouse. That, you know, Zechariah just comes right out of the doghouse because now he can talk. And when Zechariah can talk, hey, he hadn't said much up to this point, but when he does, it's straight to the point. And Zechariah gets straight to the point of, of praising God and, and kind of picking up right where 
he should have. You know, when that angel said, you know, hey, Zechariah, your prayer has been answered, this is exactly what Zechariah should have said. Um, and, and I do think that you cannot help but the miss that his niece has just been spending about three months with him, Mary, and if he thinks his pregnancy story is something else, then her pregnancy story is, you know, it puts Zechariah to shame uh, because Mary's pregnant with child and there's no earthly father. It's the spirit of power most high that has that has used, you know, uh, Mary's, you know, parts and, and uh, has become, she's become pregnant. So Mary's got a, a much, much crazier birth story or, or, or pregnancy story than Zechariah does. And I think Zechariah's heart is heavy. He's like, oh boy, did I miss it? I messed up. So he's a good guy. We were told he was a good guy from the beginning. And he really shows that he is a good guy. He has learned his lesson. He don't mind learning his lesson from, from peasant girl, his niece. He doesn't mind. He, he knows right is right. And, and Mary is right. And, and, and Mary, Mary has been singing this, this Magnificat, you know, prayer that we just got done praying. She's been praying this in his household. And he's think he's got to be thinking to himself, that's exactly what I should have said. Why didn't I say that to begin with? I know better. I could have said that. I could have said exactly what Mary said, but I didn't. Instead, I act like a silly guy. Um, I act like a wimpy guy. Uh, I act like a smart aleck, you know, and, and, uh, and yeah, the angel put me in God's doghouse. <laughs> but Zechariah's out of the doghouse. He's a good guy. And now he has something to say. And Uncle Luke, he's going to record that for us as well. All good stuff. Really, really good stuff. So anyhow, uh, let's move the story forward and hear what Zechariah really does have to say. After his father, Zechariah, uh, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. The, so these are Zechariah's first words in, in nine months, you know. Uh, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. He has visited and redeemed his people, and he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. He has spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, and uh, to show the mercy promised to our fathers, to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness, in righteousness before him all of our days. And you, child, talking about John, you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord, prepare his ways, um, give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Whew. And the child grew and became strong in the spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. All right, let's gather this thing up. So like I said, Zechariah, he ain't said much, but when he does, man, it's straight to the point, and a point that we ought to pay attention to, and a point that we ought to man up to as well. If Zechariah's manning up, how much more should we man up, right? I mean, we're learning the lesson kind of the same way Zechariah's learning the lesson. We don't expect God to turn up. And when he does turn up, this is how people should behave. And, and, and what 
you know, we can tell what Zechariah was praying for because the first thing out of Zechariah's mouth is all about Israel and how God has redeemed and, and visited Israel um, and that the days of, of Israel's redemption are here. He sees it. He, he doesn't understand the fullest picture of the story yet, but he knows enough to say, hey, the days of salvation are upon us, baby, um, and, and good things are starting right here. And what we get a clear view of, and don't miss this because, you know, because, you know, the world around us, including ourselves, we make a, a train wreck out of the idea of prophesying. From the biblical point of view, prophesying isn't as strange as we make it out to be. We make it into some sort of bizarre, cryptic future telling. But here we get a clear view of the Holy Spirit prophesying. And I mean, Holy Spirit says, that's what it says, the Holy Spirit and prophesying. Okay, so so Zechariah is prophesying in the Holy Spirit. What's that look like? Oh, yakalaka makashika wakalaka, you know. No, 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 no. It's nothing weird. It's nothing bizarre. It is merely saying what God had been saying all along in the you know in the first part, the, the scriptures that Zechariah has. But he just what he's gonna do is he's gonna give, he's gonna give a summary of the Old Testament in like five verses. Can we give a summary of what God is doing in five verses? Can we get excited about that? Well, we should. Anywho, so, you know, what prophesying looks like, biblically speaking, is to just say what God has said and what God is saying. No bizarre cryptic future telling, nothing crazy speaking wild languages that nobody can understand. That's not prophesying. So Zechariah is manning he is truly manning up. And this is what manning up looks like. It means say what God has said. If you don't know what God has said, well, this is a great place to start right here. Say what God has said and what God is saying right now. So Zechariah manning up, you know, there is no doubt he's stirred up to a new manliness. He's being strong, you know, and, and, uh, and he has been stirred up to a new manliness because his little, you know, peasant niece has stirred him up. She's right. He's wrong, but he's getting on board. He ain't letting this train out of the out of the station, you know. So, so anyhow, part one, part one in what we just read, is a great summary of the Bible thus far, and 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 what it's a summary of is how God, how God has been making a story from history. That's that's really what's going on, and the story that God is making from history is a philosophy, and, and, and there is no greater shame upon us these days. And I teach U.S. history in eighth grade, and, and I'm telling you, nobody, nobody likes history anymore. In fact, you know, we, you know, most people around us have just distrusted history, and, and we kind of change the story. We, we have no respect for history. And, and consequently, because we don't have a respect for history at all, we have no philosophy. History is philosophy. We have nothing else that, but to look back and see what other human beings have done. We, we are copycats. None of us are original. We are all copying somebody else. We are all sucked into some sort of storyline. And what God has been doing is he has been giving us a, a story out of history, a real story out of history that gives us the panoramic view of the world in which we live and what God is up to and, and how we are invited into this story. So listen what, what Zechariah said. He said, blessed be the Lord, Lord God of Israel. Israel is the story. I'm not an Israelite. I'm not a Jew. Um, 
but it is my story because I'm all in on this story. But, you know, Zechariah knows that, that the real God who made the worlds put a story together um, that was, you know, that led up to the creation of Israel, a little nation in the Middle East. You know, is this a Middle Eastern thing? And, and what God has done, you know, in the creation of Israel is he has made it very clear that he is here to redeem his people. So the whole story, the whole story of, you know, from Abraham to David and now to Zechariah has always been about God redeeming his people, just like Zechariah said. And the horn of salvation has always been the object of God's desire for us to hear, to hear that horn of salvation for us. And it comes in the house of David. So, so once again, Zechariah understands that God had made promises to David that were beyond David. They weren't about David. They were beyond David. And, and these, these promises that God had made to David, Zechariah is saying, they're coming to fruition. What, what God promised is coming down the pipe. And, 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 he, you know, and, and Zechariah also recognizes that this story that God has created has been you know, coming from the mouths of the holy prophets of old, that we should be saved from our enemies, the people who hate us. Hey, listen, I got news for you. This is a hateful world. You know it, I know it. I don't even have to explain it. You live in a hateful world. It's a it's a good world, though, at the same time. But but it is a world that will throw you under the bus in a moment's notice. And so the whole idea of God giving us a story is to give us a story that lifts us out of the world that hates us, to lift us out of our enemies. And and to and 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 when God does that with us, when when our eyes are open and we wake up and we man up. We understand that God is showing his mercy to our fathers, to through his covenants, in that oath, that promise that he made to a bizarre wandering nomad named Abraham. And so Zechariah knows that, you know, this story goes through David, it goes through the prophets, and it all starts with Abraham. The good news, the gospel of God, all starts with Abraham. And that's what he's saying. God made a promise to Abraham that we all need to understand, man, and it, and it and it sheds light on on how God is redeeming people and bringing His horn of salvation to be heard by all people, so that we can all be you know brought into this. Zechariah is on task now, man, and he's fired up. He is a fiery preacher, man, and he is bringing the word, baby, bringing the word that we might be delivered from the hands of our enemies, that we might serve God without fear. That's the whole point. You want to wring the chamois of life out to the best of your ability, then serve God without fear, because that's what God is inviting you into. When you start serving God without fear, life starts taking on a whole different kind of meaning. We need to be stirred up. We need to open our eyes. We need to man up. And, and when we serve God without fear, we serve him in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. Now, that brings us to part two. And in part two, so what part one is, is just, you know, the story of God. The, it's a quick rendition of the whole of the Old Testament. So if you don't have time to read your Old Testament, read part one here. It's like, uh, you know, one, two, oh, it looks to be about six verses, seven, ver six or seven verses. You know, you got time for that, don't you? Well, and then you need to internalize that and, and imagine yourself that you are now caught up in a history that goes back to the very foundation of the world. Because Abraham's in Genesis. Genesis, you know, prior to Abraham was, was making it very clear that there is one God who made the whole entire world. And he loves us and he cares for us. And we have made a mess of this world. The messes of this world, they're on us, not God. 
Um, we wanted to try to live life our own way without God. God let us do that because he loves us. He cares for us, but he wants us to be his redeemed people. He wants us to hear the horn of salvation loud and clear to come and just simply be a people that he calls to himself. And a dumb Irishman like me, I'm not Israelite. I'm not nothing. American, American, Irish, Mexican, you know, I, I'm all, I'm all things. Um, but I ain't Israelite, but now I am, you know, because I, this is my story. This is the story I'm sticking with. And this is a story you should stick with too, because this is the only story that really makes sense. And it helps us to ring that chamois of life out. Anyhow, part two, part two indicates that there is a new section of the Bible in the making. Because now John, now Zechariah turns to John and he talks about his child being called the prophet of the Most High. John will be the last of the old prophets, the last of the old prophets, because he's going to be the last of the prophets that actually, John is literally going to put his finger, you know, right next to Jesus and say, there's the guy, there's the guy. We already saw him going to work, uh, you know, whenever uh, 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 Mary came into Elizabeth's preg- uh, presence, and they're both pregnant. And you know, and, and John's already starting to work by by trying to point out Jesus. Well, anyhow, Zechariah turns to prayer. This child is going to be called the Prophet of the Most High, um, and what he's going to do is go before the Lord to prepare his ways. And what ways is he going to prepare him? And again, this is Luke. That he loves that word ways, man. His ways. What are God's ways? What is what is the way home? that Luke is talking about, the knowledge of salvation to people, um, the forgiveness of sins, the tender mercy of our God. And, and, and Zechariah says, the sunrise is shining upon us from on high to give light to those who are in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. This is God's aim and objective. This is the way home. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the way. Luke has, has, you know, he, he's just like, I, w- I want everybody to know the way home. And it's on Zechariah's lips right here. The way home is coming up. God is writing the second part. The, God is finishing up the story. And the story, you know, it, it, in its beginning, the beginning of the end is going to have characters like Zechariah and Elizabeth and John and and then Mary and Joseph and Jesus. And then, of course, Jesus is going to, you know, pull in his whole new cast of characters. Twelve other ragamuffin, fishermen, blue-collar, country folk, hillbillies, you know, whatever you want to call them. These are not refined men that got, that Jesus is going to pull into his entourage. But the, but the second part, or the last part, the climactic ending is about ready to be written. And Zechariah says, I'm all in on this now. I'm sorry. I was I was wrong for, for being such a silly guy. I'm manning up. And, and this is what Zechariah has to say. Because the you know, the whole world is going to be changed by this understanding, this knowledge of salvation that will be available to all people, all people that get to hear. And then we're lastly told that the child grows up and becomes strong in the spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance. So John's going to remain a hillbilly. He's going to remain outside the city folk. He's going to stay away from the city. It's, 
you know, and, and he's going to stay in the country and, and he's going to develop as a man, a man of God. He's going to probably join the Essenes, the, the outer, you know, groups of people that would have been considered weird, but they were just serious about the Bible and the prophecies that God had given them, the promises that God had made, and they're just waiting faithfully. They don't want to wait in the city because the city's full of cityots, and even Israel is is now being led by cityots, you know, that uh, Israel as a nation's been corrupted from the inside. You got Herod, who we just heard, already heard about. You know, this is a guy that's basically a Roman. He's not, he, he doesn't care about Israel. He cares about Caesar Augustus. That's all he cares about. So John's going to stay out in the wilderness as a hillbilly, and he's going to learn the Bible well. And he's going to learn until he gets his moment to point to the one that is going to have the actual horn of salvation and the redemption of people who is going to be, spoiler alert, Jesus Christ. But this is good stuff. And 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 like I said, what it looks like to man up biblically is to just simply be able to recount the basic flow of God's story in the Bible. A story that is meant to bring redemption and salvation to us, to give us a new hope, to help us wring the chamois of this uh, mortal coil off. Man, this is the good stuff. This is the good stuff, put in a fun way. Old Zechariah, he didn't say much, but when he does, it's straight to the point. And we ought to follow not only Hail Mary, but we ought to follow Zech too. Luke's following Hail Mary. Luke's following Zechariah, and he's giving us the, the, the short version of the story so that we can catch up and get on board with all things that are coming up. Well, anyhow, that, I don't want to take any thunder away from next week. We'll catch you next week. <music>